Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I am your host, Lucky, and today we're going over to the Leaves subreddit. But before we get into that, if any of you guys are new here, this is basically what I do. I just go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health and give some generalized advice and try and learn something new. But ultimately, I am no professional, so feel free to take my advice with a grain of salt or apply it to your life however you see, however you see fit. Excuse me. <clears throat> Um, it's very interesting today. I, <laughs> I, uh, so on, for people that don't know, I'm just gonna walk you through a little bit of the behind the scenes here. Basically what I do is I go to, um, uh, you know, on, on Friday, sorry, I was about to give the whole spiel again and I don't know why <laughs> I gotta just, I just, uh, you know, I go to different subreddits that have anything to do with mental health. Um, usually I, I do two podcasts a day. Like I record them live obviously so i don't edit them um but on fridays i um i have three podcasts to come out and two of them are pre-recorded so i you know i do very little editing to them and then um throw them out there so it always kind of throws me off a little bit when i just do one and it actually feels really good so i always i always like enjoy these days i you know personally i really enjoy doing the mental health casual podcast um probably probably the most because it's when i'm like the most i don't want to say the most real but because um, I, I think each part, each podcast has like a different part of my personality to it. Um, but this is what I'm probably the most um, vulnerable. And it's weird. It's not I, don't, I, I struggle to use the word vulnerable because when I talk to you guys about what I've been through and what I go through, uh, it, it, it doesn't I don't have as much of that stigma. And I, I think it's just from so many years of, of dealing or, or of um talking to people about their problems i mean you'd be surprised at how many people you know go through something very similar to you or maybe even more severe uh you know to, to you you know I, I think one of the biggest um you know this is a little shout out to my my, my pastor but um you know i talked to him a, a while ago on um on my podcast but it's on my youtube channel if you guys ever ever want to check it out with uh i think i forget what the 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 video is called but i think it's just like oh i talked to my pastor or whatever um but you know one of the things that he uh you know when i when i was talking when i asked him to be on my show you know it was it was really interesting he just kind of told me yeah sure and he's very honest about what he went through um working 55 hour uh weeks and i don't know that that's actually what he works now um but working eight hour 80 hours weeks uh 80 hour weeks and doing all this stuff and finally he he had enough and and just you know kind of completely broke and you know to have somebody especially in that high of a position um say something like that to me was really impactful and and, and th there's been a multiple times throughout my um, life that people have told me about these breaking points and um, I, I didn't realize that other people and you know this is very I feel like this is a common human uh, mistake that happens where we don't know um, or we we think that other people don't understand us because we we don't think that they go through the same things that we do but ultimately they do and it's hard for us to see that i i find so at least for me i um you know i i always find it comforting to go to these subreddits and find and, and learn about these things because sometimes somebody will say something that i've been through especially on, on these ones like the addiction subreddits and uh for anybody that's new here it leaves uh, it, uh subreddit is all about uh you know, people quitting marijuana, anything to do with THC related things. So um, I, I, tip, I I haven't seen anything talking about like CBD or anything like that, but CBD isn't really addictive anyway. And it's mostly a, a non an anti-inflammatory. So it's not really used for, it, it's not the same thing that gets you like high, like THC does. So anyway, um, let's go into the first post over here. Why don't we? 
uh, before I go ranting off. So, uh, you know, I, I've only, this is my, this is my first and only podcast I'm going to be doing today. So I can, I can rant guys. I have plenty of rant in me. Uh, let's see. It says my sober self is trying to convince myself to get, uh, to get high while my high self is convincing myself to get sober. That is a really interesting point, And I never really thought about it that way. Um, I, I feel like that is the case though, right? When you're in the thick of it, you, uh, you know, cause I, I found that I like when I talked to a lot of my, my friends or my, you know, like whoever I was hanging out with, uh, when I was drunk, um, we'd all talk about like, Oh yeah, I got to cut back. I got to do this. Right. Cause you know, you're, you're talking, you know, uh, alcohol is a natural depressant and you, you know, you start talking about things that you're depressed about. And obviously when you're drinking as much as I am, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, cutting down the drink, but, uh, you know, when you're sober, you, you, you know, you, you don't, you, it's almost like a disassociation to, to a certain degree, not, not a complete degree, but you start to think to yourself, oh, well, I mean, if I just do things differently, which is what you tell yourself, bef- you know, you, you tell yourself before, uh, before anything that you do, oh, I'll just have one drink. Oh, I'll just have one hit. Um, you know, oh, I'll just smoke a bowl. This will be fine. Right. And then one bowl, you know, all of a sudden that bowl dries up and, you know, your friends want to hang out and you're like, oh, maybe I'll smoke another one. And, you know, it, it gets to the point where, you know, I, I remembered I would, I would be like, oh, I'll just smoke one bowl when I get home. And then everybody would start you know, piling in, right? Like, you know, my friend uh, would come over at like three o'clock and, you know, I would get off at, at, at noon or one o'clock and then my friends would start piling in like, Hey, what's up, man? Hey, uh, you want to down to hang out, which, you know, meant we were going to smoke or, and then some, the next friend would come in and be like, Hey, I'm trying to smoke another one. It's like, <laughs> you know, and by then it would be like, we'd be like three blunts deep and it's just like, dude, this is too much. So, um, yeah, it, it you know, it, it goes back to that saying, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, it, it's not going to happen. Uh, and, you know, when, when, and, you know, and this is why I tell people if you're going to go, if you're going to do therapy, which I always, you know, recommend people do, um, keep a note, uh, you know, you, you, you can write it, you know, it doesn't have to be like very like, like diary notes right where you're writing all this stuff down um but you know just take note of things that are happening to you because for some reason whenever i went into the therapist's office i would always feel super safe and i would forget about all the bad stuff that happened so sometimes i wouldn't be completely open with the therapist because i would just forget about all the stuff that was happening like um all the chaos that was happening in my life so i I, you know after and this took me a while this was not like it took me like two therapists to get through this like Finally, I, on my third therapist, I was like, you know what? I got to start writing some of this down because at that point I was doing a lot better, but I was going through the grief of losing my grandfather. So I would keep forgetting when I got into the therapist's office, like, what, what, what do I have to talk about anyway? Like, what's going on here? And so, um, yeah, I always tell people, like, you know, try and write notes of things. Like I said, it, it can be like a, you know, simple, you know, uh, what, what do you call it? Like bullet points. Like you can do bullet points and do that kind of stuff, but just, just to remind you of what you're going through, because even though you're not going through it at the, the therapist's office, like I said, I start I started to feel really safe there, so I didn't feel the pressure of the world coming on my shoulders, but the minute I get out of there, I'm like, man, I gotta do all this stuff, you know, <laughs> you, you start to remember all that stuff, so, um, yeah, it's whenever you get out of the dangerous situation that you're in, or, you know, whatever situation you're in, doesn't always have to be dangerous, um, you start to kind of look at and and for you know you 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 start to remember oh i'm actually dealing with this stuff so like i said it's very it's good to keep bullet points or you know whatever to um 
remind yourself of what you're and you know bring it bring it to the therapist uh, you know obviously you can you can put it on your phone and stuff i don't i don't know I, I i've heard some people say that some therapists don't like people to be you know have their phones with them but you know if, if it's like a notes thing you know that's obviously something you can talk to them about um but yeah absolutely this is definitely something that i i i definitely um uh, can relate to. Uh, anyway, next post here. It says 69 days sober. Nice. 69. Sorry, I'm such a kid when it comes to this stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I was able to get here was the thought of getting to post this message, and it feels great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all of the comments are nice. And then, yeah, this is actually what I was going to say. So one of the comments down here says, go for 420 days. Um, you know what? Listen, whatever whatever motivates you, you know what I mean? Like, um, obviously, this shouldn't be the only motivation, but, you know, he's making fun. He, he, not making fun. He is making... Um, he's making a joke about a, a very, you know, serious situation. You know, you 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 make it this far into sobriety, and you know what what do we talk about, right? The ninety day mark is roughly where you start to see a little bit more. Or that's when you start to. Um, uh, that's when it, it becomes a little bit more concrete that you're going to. Um, you know, be in this for the long haul. Now, the long haul can mean two years, three years, and then a relapse, or, an, or it could mean the rest of your life, right? Like that, that really depends. But usually, ninety days is when when things start to get a little bit easier, and and like I said, the sobriety starts to become more concrete. So, um, you know, hey man, listen, we we have to um, when you're going through these these mental health journeys. Um, you have to find the comedy in, in it as well. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I tell that story about, you know, when I went to the hospital, the first thing that, that happened to me was, um, you know, I, I think I just I just told it this week. So um, you guys should be familiar if you you you, you um, listen to me every day. But, you know, when, <laughs> when I walked in, there was that girl or, you know, that that, um, you know, she hadn't slept for like who knows how many days I heard it was like two days and somebody else told me it was three days. So either way, multiple days and kind of went ballistic and had to be sedated. And that was the first thing that I saw when I walked through the doors. Like I, I, I legit walked through the doors of the, the psych to the psych ward. And I hear a scream, like this blood curdling scream and that happens. And I'm like, where am I? Like, I, I felt like I went to another dimension when that scream happened. And then that, that, uh, <laughs> that girl was the same girl that, uh, ended up asking me for my, um, she she just looked at my shirt and you know this is back then when I used to wear you know I I wear um I still do but uh you know I wear tank tops under my shirt right like an undershirt and so she's like that's a really nice shirt and it was just a black shirt that I got from Target you know those five dollar jersey shirts or I, I forget it's Cherokee brand or jersey whatever and she was like yeah, I like your shirt and I was like yeah that's cool uh, thank you and she's like can I have it and I was like what she's like I, I want to wear it and I was like all right so I give her my shirt and. Later on that day, um, my mom and my my ex girlfriend or my girlfriend at the time, but my ex, come in and I tell them about the situation. And then that same girl walks in. And they're like, "That's that's your shirt." And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's the one." I, I didn't I didn't know that she was going to wear it because that was the the weird thing about it. Like I didn't know that that she was actually going to wear it. But then she started wearing it. So um, you know things like that. Listen, it sounds obviously it's a it's a terrible situation but i may I, it makes for a great story you know come on um and i i think making those jokes throughout your journey it makes it a little bit uh more to tolerable when you're going through it um so yeah listen i i, I think uh i i think whatever helps you um 
whatever helps you make it for the long run, um, go for it. You know, that that's why I say things like, listen, if you want to use video games as a substitute for, for it, um, it's a less dangerous addiction, but ultimately, obviously, you don't want to you don't want it to take over your life either. Um, but, you know, using something to kind of like as an intermediary to go uh, to get out of that, um, whatever it, it takes, man. I mean, listen, when I first started getting off of, uh, you know, my addictions, I mean, video games were one of the only things that I could turn to. I mean, obviously I was working out and stuff, but I mean, I, I work out maybe like an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And then like, you know, I want to smoke afterwards and, or I want to drink afterwards because I want to give myself a treat or, or something, some type of reward. So, uh, anyway, I, you know, that's, that's why I would start to go a little bit more into JRPGs and a little bit more into escapisms and stuff. So anyway, uh, let's go over to the next post here. It says, if you are going through this sub, uh, subreddit stoned, looking for courage, read this. All right, let's see what he has to say. I am like you. I used to go through this sub stone, not commenting out of respect for the rules and feeling too worthless to comment a new way. I am now a month sober. I see you. I empathize for you. I am like you. I am not better than you. You are not worthless. You have courage. You have strength. Pot lies to you and tells you that you don't. But how do you know if you haven't tried? I'm generally proud of what you uh, for. Uh, I'm generally proud of you for wanting to quit. You're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. Christopher Robin, the best is yet to come. Peace and love. Uh, if you guys don't know who Christopher Robin is, he is from uh, Winnie the Pooh, right? I think so. Uh, I, don't, I never really watched too much Winnie the Pooh. That yeah, that's a, that's a very good uh, good message. And I think you know uh, the the problem is sometimes when people are in the thick of things, right? Especially in addiction, you don't feel like you have any power. I mean, because to the, to for the most part, you don't in that situation. So that's why one of the the steps of AA, right, is to uh, admit that you're powerless, which a lot of people don't like to do, right? They don't like to give up power over things. Uh, they don't like to, to to admit that they don't have a power over over something, right? Because we get into. And by the way, I'm I'm very much one of these people, right? Like I, as much as I like to shirk responsibilities, I also am very hard on myself, so I don't like to admit that I, I I'm powerless in a situation because then. I also think that you can start making excuses and all that kind of stuff, which is why obviously the other steps and and there there's, there should be other steps, um, you know, even if you're not going through AA, right? There there should be other steps to um, supplement with that, right? Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes when you're in the thick of things, you think that people who are sober are better than you, but they're just like you, you know. I do I ever get urges? Absolutely, I get a lot of urges. I get you know, um, sometimes it, it, it depends, right. It depends on what's going on around new year's is when the, like sometimes the worst for me, because that's when, you know, people are, are really going off the handle and you, you start to see it and you, you, you remember, you know, I, I remember that life, right. I remember that life of, of, you know, I, I remember one Christmas I, I, um, you know, I, I, we, you know, I, I, I smoked and, um, you know, this is probably one of the most, uh, this is probably like one of the most things that I'm like the most ashamed of. But I remember I went to um, my uh, my grandparents' house, and I, I can't remember if this was for Christmas or not. It was, it was for a, for a holiday of some sort. Um, but anyway, I went there, and I was super stoned. I, I ended up eating like a little bit of an edible, but it was a lot more than I thought because you know I I was I'd never gone to uh, my grandparents like stoned before, so I didn't want anybody to see me. And I just remember sitting in the chair after eating and just feeling complete, like a complete piece of crap. And 
also not try, try not to throw up, right? Like I, I ate an edible. So I felt like if I was going to, if I was going to walk anywhere, I would just throw up. So, um, and I, I didn't want to be that, that guy that everybody was going to talk about. Like, Hey, you remember when Lucky threw up at, 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 you know, grandma and grandpa's house and did this. And it was just, it was not, it, it just felt so terrible for me. And I, 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 sorry, it just felt so terrible to me. And I, I felt like I was betraying my family and, you know, I just, I felt so powerless in that situation to the point where I was like, wow, I can't believe I, I had, did I really have to do this? Did, couldn't I have waited till after? And, you know, uh, when you're addicted to things, you, you can't wait, right? You, you don't want, or well, you don't want to wait. Right. And, but your body is also telling you that you can't wait. Um, and I, I like that. Uh, I like that quote from Christopher Robin, right? You're braver than you believe stronger than you seem and smarter than you think. Um, I think that's true, right? I, but I also think that there are times times when people can become overconfident, right? Where they become a lot braver than they should be. They become they think that they're stronger than they are, and they think that they're smarter than they are, uh, and that can get them into becoming more of an isolationist, meaning they don't want uh, they 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 think that they don't need people's help. So uh, there's a fine line to draw between those those things but obviously um if you're in this situation of of addiction you you probably are stronger than you think um and if you're not then have people to to help you and um listen uh you know i've, I've learned this from from watching uh i don't know if you guys have ever watched a casual geographic or i i think he also goes by hood nature um guy on tiktok but i i don't do tiktok because i'm not a Okay, anyway, I was going to make a joke, but anyway, um, I, uh, uh, he does like YouTube videos as well. So I watch them on YouTube. And one of the things he talks about is how uh, successful team, uh, sorry, uh, team play, uh, what he, he, the word that he uses, but teamwork is in, in the wild, right? Um, you know, like, uh, what is it called? The African painted wolf or something like that, or African painted dog is like, the most one of the most successful hunters in the world where it's like 80 percent uh they have an 80 percent kill rate obviously they have very good genetics where they can they can run after you at like 35 miles per hour for like three miles uh if they need to um or 40 45 i don't know i don't know either way um they have very good like you know stats and everything but the thing is is they they go after you and it's like a whole host of them because one by themselves would not be very scary, but all of them together take down Buffalo, take down, you know, other things. So, um, you know, but you start to realize in that doesn't just apply to nature. It applies to communities, you know, somebody who has a community that is strong. And, uh, you know, this is one of the beliefs that I have that, that I think this is one of the reasons why, why, or this is one of the reasons why I think that the rock is so, uh, strong mentally is because he has such a good support network, right? And um, you know, he, he's uh, he's half Samoan, so I know those people are putting him in his place whenever he, he goes back to them. Like they don't care if he's the Rock. Um, but yeah, he's got such a, a powerful support network. He's got a great family, or you know, at least from what I've seen. So I think that's what makes him so mentally tough um, as well. So um, you know, team play, guys. Remember that teamwork is uh, it makes the dream work. But teamwork is also, I think, a key to life, um, especially since humans are not solitary creatures. Like you know, there there are some animals in the world that are do better on their own. Um, humans are not one of them. So try and remember that when you go through life. Um, let's, let's see here. Uh, does it get better is the next post. I've been smoking weed six years, every single day, uh, give or take one or two here and there about five days ago, I decided to quit cold Turkey and I could barely look at myself in the mirror and the feeling of guilt and self-pity was causing me to wake up in the middle of the night, having panic attacks. I'm also currently looking for a new job and I applied for one on Tuesday and straight away heard back for an interview today. 
The thing is, I'm in the middle of a complete emotional breakdown. All the emotions. Um, I ha- I have sorry, excuse me. All the emotions I have numbed myself to to by smoking weed are coming back to the surface, and is very overwhelming. I've been throwing up all week, eating about 500 calories a day, and inc- uncontrollably excuse me, uncontrollably crying for hours on end. I had to bail on the interview as my state of mind is just not right in the right place. But now I feel miserable and lack any hope for the future. I desperately want to be the best version of myself, but can't scratch this feeling that I've created a self fulfilling prophecy, and I'm finding it so hard to remember who I am in uh, in a sense, what I enjoy doing, what I want to do with my life. So I'm just wondering from people with a similar experience, does it get any better? Uh, does it get any easier? Excuse me. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it does get easier, but there is, whenever you quit anything that you've been doing habitually for that long as six years, um, you're going to have moments like this, like the, the eating 500 calories a day. I understand that because there was a time where... Um, I, I, for some reason, the, the, the last time I quit, like, or sorry, the, the time I actually quit, I should say, um, I didn't have any withdrawal symptoms, but the, the, a couple times before that, um, I was really, it really was tough for me. I was eating somewhere around that. I want to say like a thousand calories a day, but I'm also a big dude. So that's like a pretty big deal for me, uh, for about two days, um, eating basically just, uh, Peter butter banana sandwiches with wheat bread and kind of, I, I think even then I was, uh, that might've been a little too much because peanut butter is pretty high in calories, but it's also, you know, it's high in fats. So um, it, it's a little tough to, to, to stomach when you're that vulnerable. Um, and then, uh, you know, so uh, mostly it was oatmeal if I remember right. So um, I, I get the idea behind that as well. Um, and listen, I, I wouldn't sweat it about the interview. Like I, I understand not wanting to, you know, wanting to try and fix things before you kind of get into that state. Um, but, you know, I would also consider, you know, getting, I, I would consider getting uh, your foundation built up. Like you don't have to become perfect in order to be, you know, better for a job interview or anything like that. Um, especially nowadays. I mean, I, with the the job market, the way it is, I mean, they're, they're trying to, you know, there's plenty of openings right now. Um, but I will say that you want to definitely have a foundation. So have therapy, set up if you know maybe you need a job in order to get health care so maybe that's something that you're thinking about uh to, to get therapy at an affordable price then that's obviously something to think about as well um but um yeah you definitely i mean there, there's w- along with the eating uh 500 calories a day and uncontrollably crying for hours on end i'm assuming what would also happen is you're probably not getting very much sleep um uh, oh, wait, actually, no, you say in the beginning, sorry. Uh, and the feeling of guilt and self-pity was causing me to wake up in the middle of the night and have panic attacks. Um, so yeah, try and get your, try and focus on one thing at a time, meaning, um, figure out what the most important thing is, uh, health wise for you to, to, to figure out. So, um, maybe for you, like 500 calories a day is not a lot. So that would be a good place to start, figure out, okay, what can I eat? that won't make me, uh, that won't be too much on my stomach. Um, and maybe you can eat smaller quantities of it. You know, I, I'm a, I, I'm a big eater, so I'm always about big quantities. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe start, uh, increasing it by 200 calories a day. Right. So if you're eating 500 calories, I mean, that's not a whole lot. So I'm just going to say, like, let's say you ate like a bowl of oatmeal, like two packets or three, I think it would be more like three packets because I think they're 130 calories each. Um, let's say you eat like three packets in the, in, in the beginning of the day, and then maybe you try and eat three packets at, uh, lunch or something like that. So you're just increasing it steadily. You're not going like too crazy. 
um, you definitely want to try and get that because a lot of times when people are not eating enough, they will end up uh, waking up in the middle of the night. That That's a pretty common thing that I hear from uh, people who are like bodybuilders. That's a very extreme example, right? Because they're also dehydrated. So that might also be something. But, you know, I've also heard people say that they wake up in the middle of the night if they don't eat enough and they, they want to eat, right? Like their their bodies just don't. I'm like, what, what are you doing to me? Like, let's go eat. Um so you might want to just 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 figure out like a starting point of what you want to do. Don't don't think about like fo- focusing on all of these things at once. Try and figure out okay, let's let's get the food let's get the food situation uh, figured out. Then after that, like maybe we can start getting. And sometimes some of these things will just fall into place after that, right? If you start eating, maybe you'll you won't feel as bad during the night and you can go to sleep easier. Um, and then, but if the night uh, not night terror, sorry, uh, panic attacks are still happening at night, then maybe that's something to address next. Or you can, you know, I, I always like to just solve one problem at a time. Like, you know, when I was doing uh, editing this this morning, right, I always like to edit something to completion instead of just editing all these little projects um, a little bit at a time. Sometimes I'll do like uh, some things where, you know, I, I ended up like editing um, like one part of a project and that part is done. But then I have to get another uh, another couple things done. So I always like to um, edit like something to completion. So it gives me that sense of accomplishment I, that helps me. It, that's the thing that encourages me to go forward. That was what I did like whenever I did retail. Um, I'd always make sure that I did one job. Granted, it's a little tough to do when you've got managers uh, hounding you. So people out there uh, working retail, I, I work in any job, I guess, for that matter. Uh, I, I definitely uh, sympathize with you or empathize with you. Um, but yeah, usually I like to make sure that I get one job done and then I, I, I kind of go from there. Um, gosh, I, uh, uh, you know what, let's do this one real quick. Uh, I got a little bit of time here. Uh, this one says personal list of motivations to stay away. Don't go back to it. So these are just some bullet points of things that they believe, um, our motivations to stay away from going back to weed. It says you're not going to grow in your sleep, uh, if you smoke before bed. Uh, I don't know what that means. Um, I, I I don't know if that's like a, like for kids, right? Like I, I don't I don't know if that's what they're talking about. But let's keep going. Your lung capacity will be weaker, and when you're paying fifty thousand dollars to become a singer uh, a year, excuse me, to become a singer, this is not ideal. Um, yeah, I definitely had problems with my lung capacity, especially since I have I have like mild forms of like a mild form of asthma. So um, that definitely didn't help. Uh, let's see the next one. You aren't going to sleep well or dream if you smoke. That's that's debatable. I did have some dreams when I smoked, but it was very rare. Now, after I quit drinking and smoking, that was when I started having really intense dreams. So, um, yeah, you'll make bad decisions like get engaged for a whole year because you're smoking the whole time and convincing yourself you want a marriage at 18. So obviously this person is doing a motivation list for themselves. So um, that definitely sounds like something that they're they went through, Um, which, by the way, respect for putting that on there. uh let's see uh some of your friends won't want to talk to you because you're high yeah that that can definitely happen especially if they just keep seeing you and all you talk about is is depressing stuff if you're a happy high person it's a little bit easier to keep your friends but um sometimes when you're paranoid or you know you you can't keep a conversation i mean the worst thing is when somebody's too high to have a conversation with you and you're like oh dude i what are you doing buddy um, let's see, you'll, uh, you'll ignore the people you love most. And when they die, you'll realize what you're ignoring. Absolutely. Anxiety and physical issues afterwards are not worth it. I agree. You only do it because it feels like you're missing something when you don't go back to it. Yeah. So it becomes the, the void in your life that you, or sorry, it becomes this 
piece of your life that if you take out, it feels like the void, even though that's just a, an artificial place that you've created in your heart. Um, let's see the next. And the last one, it's not just a bad habit anymore. Your mental and physical health have, be, have been uh, compromised and you need to stop. Yeah, all those are really good points. And I think that sometimes they're, some of these things are overlooked because you're trying to have a good time. Right. Like, you know, when, when you're young, you really do want to have a good time. Right. I mean, you just don't think that you're ever going to have have it this. I mean, listen, it is an opportunity. And listen, I understand. I'm not trying to tell people to not have a good time in college. Um, I'm sure everybody wants to, you know, do all that kind of stuff. But listen, be, be as safe as you can. If you're going to if you're going to have um, sex with random people or strangers, uh, you know, wear a condom. If you're going to. um drink don't drink to being blacked out drunk you you don't want people to take advantage of you in that state and if you're especially if you're a girl do not do that yeah i've, I've heard multiple stories where women get very very drunk and somebody took advantage of them not not to like the point of like sexual abuse but you know some guy will make out with them that I mean, it's like they would not be normally attracted to all that kind of stuff so uh, be very careful uh, do do things in as much moderation as, as you can um and, you know, be willing to face the consequences of, of your actions as well. You know, not like I said, have a good time, but also try and keep it try and keep it contained a little bit. Anyway, guys, remember, you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. I'll have a link to the uh, leaves subreddit. If you guys would like to become a part of the community or help anybody out there, that'd be awesome as well. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.